Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. I worry you're going to think me a malingerer when now again... I'm going back to the well on something that I've discussed extensively. But I have new things to say about Dominion and Fox because there have been new developments. Uh, First, I want to be the one to say this. I made a big deal over the fact that Rupert Murdoch, in his deposition, uh, said that, you know, the handling of this whole Dominion fraud election issue was not predicated on red and it was not predicated on blue. It was predicated on green. And the way that that was represented in court filings and consequently the media coverage is that you would have believed that Murdoch volunteered that descriptor. It's a little different. And I think fair is fair. And and this needs to the end part is, I mean, it's the same. But I just don't want you thinking that he volunteered as if he's under oath and to a lawyer, he says, well, it's not about the blue and it's not about the red. It's about the green. No, he confirmed that from a question. I'm relying on Puck. Quote, I've also learned that Dominion misconstrued the infamous it's not red or blue, it's green quote that has been widely attributed to Rupert Murdoch in the press as evidence of his unwillingness to tolerate voter fraud claims, in this case by MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell, in the interest of profit. In fact, the quote came not from Murdoch, but from a Dominion lawyer, and only tangentially pertained to Lindell, none of which is made clear in Dominion's filing. What actually happened, I'm told, this is Dylan Byers, is that during a line of questioning, Murdoch said his company does not screen its advertisers' political affiliations. So the Dominion lawyer says it's not red or blue, it's green. And Murdoch replies, correct. So that is different than the way in which It was represented in the court documents and consequently picked up by the media. I referenced in the last hour of the program the Kelsey Brothers sketch in SNL. The cold open on SNL Saturday night was a spoof of Fox and Friends talking about the Dominion lawsuit. 
a spoof because they haven't talked about it. And there was a uh, there was a story that ran the Kate Robertson, Katie Robertson and Stuart Thompson wrote right wing news media mum on Fox. I got to put on my glasses for this. Hang on. Oh, boy. Talk among yourselves. Wow. Headphones are coming off. Glasses going on. There we go. Headphones back on. I need the specs at all times to read. It's fine. Yeah, I do. Of the 26 most popular conservative television news networks. Of the 26 most popular conservative television news networks, radio shows, podcasts, and websites, only four, National Review, Town Hall, The Federalist, and Breitbart, have mentioned the private messages from Fox News hosts that disparaged election fraud claims since February 16, when the first batch of court filings were released publicly, according to a review by the New York Times. So the Ben Shapiro show, The Blaze, Daily Caller, Daily Signal, Daily Wire. There's a lot of daily going on, isn't a lot there? Of dailies. The Daily Smirconish, The Dan Bongino show, Epoch Times, Fox Business, Fox News Channel, Fox News Sunday, Infowars.com, OAN, Red State, Sean Hannity, Twitchy, War Room Pandemic, Washington Free Beacon, and The Washington Times have not covered the Dominion lawsuit or the host's comments. Okay? So uh, that's part of my update. Now here's the other part. Peter Baker broke this story. Apparently the Times got a recording of a Zoom conversation that took place just after the election, the Monday after the election. Here's the setup. And, and, uh, you know, I've been, as this story has developed, I've been saying, well, at least there's Brett Baer. You know, Brett Baer knew that it was BS, and, and he didn't play it the way that others did, namely Lou Dobbs and Maria Bartiromo. Well, hang on a second. Peter Baker's reporting with a dateline of Washington. A little more than a week after television networks called the 2020 presidential election for Joseph R. Biden Jr., top executives and anchors at Fox News held an after-action meeting to figure out how they messed up. Not because they had gotten the key call wrong, but because they'd gotten it right. And they had gotten it right before anyone else. I mean, that is the irony, I say parenthetically, of of the outcome of 2020, is that Fox made that call of Arizona. Others, CNN, MSN, kept their powder dry. The margin was actually slightly smaller in Arizona than Fox anticipated, but they were right. Typically, it is a point of pride for a news network to be the first to project election winners, but Fox is no typical news network. And in the days following the 2020 vote, it was besieged with angry protests, not only from Donald J. Trump's camp, but also from its own viewers, because it had called the battleground state of Arizona for Biden. Never mind that the call was correct. Fox executives worried that they would lose viewers to hard right competitors like Newsmax. And so this is the new part. This is new data. And so on Monday, November 16, 2020, Suzanne Scott, the chief executive of Fox News Media and Jay Wallace, the network's president, convened a Zoom meeting for the extraordinary discussion with an unusual goal. According to a recording of the call reviewed by the Times, 
how to keep from angering the network's conservative audience again by calling an election for a Democrat before the competition. This is unbelievable to me. I know the pressure. I've watched it at CNN, you know, sitting on stage as I did the night Donald Trump was elected in 2016. I was on that stage for eight hours as a commentator and also as an observer. I know the pressure that they're under because they want to be first, but they want to get it right. But at Fox, according to this story, and the Times said they they've listened to a recording of the Zoom. Apparently, the conversation after the election is, well, we can't have that happen again. We don't want to get out in front with a correct call that's going to piss off our base. Maybe the Fox executives mused they should abandon the sophisticated new election projecting system in which Fox had invested millions of dollars and revert to the slower, less accurate model. Like, yeah, let's not be so accurate next time. Let's go back to the abacus. Or maybe they should base calls not solely on numbers, but on how viewers might react. Wait a minute, what? Maybe they should not base their projection on they they should not base their projection on the result, but instead on reaction from well by that measuring stick, why not just at 801 d- declare Donald Trump the victor and get right to it? That'll that'll elate your audience will be elated. Or maybe they should delay calls even if they were right to keep the audience in suspense and boost viewership can you imagine the discussion of these items like all right we know trump has lost but let's not be the ones to say it uh ms scott again the big mahath quote this is a uh, this is this is a quote from the zoom call listen it's one of the sad realities if we hadn't called arizona those three or four days following election day our ratings would have been bigger the mystery would have been still hanging out there. Like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't tell our audience that we know the outcome of the election because it's going to upset them. And then the, the Brett Baer reference. Here it is. Brett Baer and Martha McCallum, the two main anchors, suggested it was not enough to call a state based on numerical calculations, the standard by which the networks have made such determinations for generations, but that viewer reaction be considered. Quote, in a Trump environment, Ms. McCallum said, the game is just very, very different. What? We're going to take into consideration how people will respond to this and not based on data? The conversation captured the sense of crisis enveloping Fox after the election and underscored its unique role in the conservative political ecosystem. Uh, further along, the recording of the November 16 meeting. Gosh, I wish they had the, the audio uh, appended to this, but they don't. Adds further context to the atmosphere inside the network at the time when executives were on the defensive because of their Arizona call and feared alienating Trump and his supporters. Skipping ahead, Ms. Scott was among the executives who grew alarmed after the network's decision desk called Arizona for Biden at 11.20 p.m. on election night, November 3rd, 2020, a projection that infuriated Trump and his aides because it was a swing state that could foreshadow the overall result. No other network called Arizona that night. Although the Associated Press did several hours later and Fox journalists who made the call stood by their judgment. 
and it goes on further. So they actually had a Zoom call, is the point. They had a Zoom call after, a little bit of a, a post-mortem. Uh, not so much to pat one another on the back for being correct about Arizona and hence the election outcome, but instead, like, we better not do that again. One last detail, because it relates to B- Brett Baer, for whom I have a lot of respect. On November 16, Ms. Scott and Mr. Wallace convened a Zoom call to discuss the Arizona decision. Mr. Salmon and Arnon Mishkin, the director of the decision desk, were included. Chris Steyerwalt, the political editor who had gone on air to defend the call, was not. Ms. Scott invited Mr. Bear and Ms. McCallum, the face of the network, as she called them, to describe the heat they were taking. Quote, we are still getting bombarded, Mr. Bear said. It became really hurtful. He said projections were not enough to call a state when it would be so sensitive. I know the statistics and the numbers, but there has to be like this other layer so they can think beyond the implications. What other layer? Neither he nor Martha McCallum defined what is that layer. So it just lets you know that uh, the next time they might not handle it the same way. Okay, then there's this. Uh, David Bauder wrote a piece for the Associated Press. He's their media uh, uh, critic. You know at Smirconish.com, whatever is in the poll position, we regard as the must-read of the day. And I strive to give you something that is worthy and not hindered by a paywall. And David Bauder's piece in the Associated Press today uh, fits that description. It's really interesting. Fox in this Dominion lawsuit, wants to cloak itself in the protection of New York Times versus Sullivan, which I've discussed here many, many times before. That's the heightened standard that applies to a a public uh, figure being sued for defamation, in this case, Fox News. So it's the Sarah Palin line of cases, which I talked about extensively. It's not a simple negligence standard. It's actual malice, which means knowledge of falsity or reckless disregard for the truth. So Dominion is suing Fox. Cases pending in the Superior Court in Delaware. The standard that Dominion must meet is not a simple negligence standard. My God, they've they've more than met that burden, according to the, the filings that I've read the sworn depositions, the texts, the emails, but they've got a heightened standard that they need to meet because they're suing a public defendant uh, in Fox. It's the actual malice standard. So Fox is cloaking itself in the actual malice standard. They want, in this particular case, to preserve New York Times versus Sullivan. Said more simply, Fox likes the fact that it's hard to sue a public figure or public defendant like themselves. But the gist of the David Bauder piece in the Associated Press today is to talk about how that puts them at odds with the two leading Republican presidential candidates, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, both of whom have railed against the standard that currently exists because it makes it harder for them as public figures to successfully litigate cases. In other words, Trump and DeSantis, if they thought they were being wronged, they have to meet the same actual malice standard, not a negligence standard that would apply to 99.9% of you who are listening to me right now. And and I know firsthand that this is a burr in Trump's saddle because in 20, I think this was 2015, 
in 2015, in the in the days when he was threatening to run for president, and I didn't think that he ever would, and many others didn't think that he ever would. But if you if you dial back to that time period, he was calling in routinely to Fox and Friends. He was doing phoners with Fox and Friends. This is before he was an announced candidate. And in the context of Donald Sterling, I don't even remember the Sterling facts, but it, he was the owner of the uh, he was only of the Clippers, wasn't he? Uh, got all jammed up on some things that he said or conduct that he engaged in. And I don't remember anything other than than Sterling would have been a subject that I would have commented on here on radio and on television. And I guess I said something about Trump and Sterling in the same breath. And that put me on Donald Trump's radar screen. Listen to what he said. The facts are the facts. Let's see how many people actually correct the record now. Uh, maybe maybe none, but, yeah. these are, but these are really dishonest people. I mean, right. you know, Huffington Post is, like, pathetic. Uh, you have some guy named Smirconish who I never even heard of. He goes on the air. Trump is defending the, the you know, Sterling. And, and anybody that read it or saw it, you know how tough I was. Probably tougher than right. anybody. But yeah. these are really dishonest people, and they shouldn't be. You know, we should reinstate libel laws so that you can go after people nowadays when they make really egregious statements. But unfortunately, the libel laws in this country are ridiculous. No, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what he means, reinstate. I mean, New York Times versus Sullivan is a very old case, and it has been the standard for all of Donald Trump's uh, public career. But the, the point here I'm trying to make is this. What Trump was saying then, and what he has said any number of times since then, and the same type of sentiments that you get from DeSantis, is that they want to change the libel laws. Why? They want to make it easier for people like them, public servants, to be able to litigate against outlets who print things about them that they think are false and defamatory. Said differently, they want a simple negligence standard. They don't want the actual malice standard, which right now is what Fox is cloaking itself in in defending the case against Dominion. So what is serving the purpose of Fox News today is what DeSantis and Trump want to eviscerate. And that is what Dave Bauder writes about in the Associated Press today. To wit, Fox News is on an unlikely collision course with two leading contenders for the Republican presidential nomination over the rights of journalists in defending itself against a massive defamation lawsuit over how it covered false claims surrounding the 2020 presidential election. The network is relying on a nearly 60 year old Supreme Court ruling that's Times versus Sullivan that makes it difficult to successfully sue media organizations for libel. Former President Donald Trump and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, by the way, I would have used the word defamation. Um, defamation is this topic generally. Slander is oral. Libel is written. Former President Donald Trump and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, two favorites of many Fox News viewers, have advocated for the court to revisit the standard, which is considered the foundational case in American defamation law. And then there's a quote from Jane Hall identified as a communication professor at American University. Quote, it is ironic that Fox is relying on a landmark case that was designed to help the news media play the watchdog role in a democracy and is under attack by Governor DeSantis, Donald Trump, and other figures who've been untethered in their attacks on journalists as the enemies of the people. So if DeSantis and Trump 
were ever to get their way, if they were ever to get their way, and I've discussed this in the past, both Neil Gorsuch and Clarence Thomas have said things suggesting that they're up for a reevaluation of New York Times versus Sullivan. I brought this up in talking about Sarah Palin's case recently. You may or may not remember, but if DeSantis and Trump get what they're looking for, then Fox News, yeah, sure, CNN will have less of a, of a shield, which is what Trump is looking for, what DeSantis is looking for. You know, MSNBC will have less of a protective shield. So, too, will a, a number of so-called left-of-center outlets. But it won't apply ideologically to only one sector of media outlets. Fox News will lose some of the shield that it enjoys as well. I just thought that was really interesting, and Dave Bauder made that observation, and frankly, I wish I had thought of it first. Um, one last thing. There was also a quote in here from, uh, I mean, he, he, he goes to a number of individuals who are First Amendment authorities, including Dan Abrams' father, Floyd Abrams, who's regarded as like the legend in First Amendment law. And then further along, he concludes by quoting a, uh, a, a different uh, expert, let me just see if I can tell you who this is. Ah, sugar. I can't. It's a law professor who says that the Dominion pleadings evidence what he considers to be the strongest defamation case he's seen in 40 years of being involved in the topic. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Anyway, um, hope that was of interest. Hope that uh, I didn't put you to sleep with a, a discussion of of some of the the intricacies of defamation law. Bottom line is Fox wants protection of a particular Supreme Court protection, uh, a Supreme Court precedent to continue. Trump and DeSantis want to make it easier to sue outlets, and that would include Fox News. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. 
Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Hey, David, I did misspeak, didn't I? The, the public figure in all of this is Dominion, 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 Dominion. Yeah, that's it. That's fine. I just, I love listening to your summary of defamation law, libel versus slander and all that. I didn't mean to nitpick, but I did catch that when I was listening to you. No, I would be disappointed if you heard it and you didn't correct me because it's the it's the plaintiff's status that determines that determines which standard is going to apply. Yes, exactly. Thank you so much. You know, and, and by the way, the, the, the law is very logical. It makes it harder for me to bring a defamation action because I'm, I'm a perfect example. I have a Sirius XM microphone. I have a CNN microphone. I've got a newsletter, a website, a Twitter account, a this, a bup, a bup, a bup, every social media platform you can imagine. So the, the idea of the law is that someone like me can defend himself because I've, I've got access to the media. So if something is said about me that, that is false and defamatory, I've got to meet a higher standard because, eh, hey, Michael, you know, go on one of your soapboxes and set the record straight. I remember well, I had a, it's it's actually just popped into my head. I had a, a newspaper editorial written about me and it pertained to my government service. I was out of the government and there was this gratuitous reference. I'm not even going to name the outlet because I'm not looking to stir up old, uh, old grudges, but came to work one day as a practicing attorney who then had an afternoon drive radio program. This is long before TC. It was not such a dark era. They were exciting times. So and sad. Lots of people were listening. So sad. So um, <laughs> this editorial runs and, uh, oh my God, I remember it now because um, I was I was at my desk early, which was always the case. And a friend of mine, Russell Byers, called me and he said uh, something like, you must be having a shitty morning. It was like 7.30 in the morning. And I remember saying to him, I am, but not for any reason you could know. And he said to me, well, have you read the editorial? Like, no. That's how it got on my radar screen. He was a wonderful guy and he was later murdered, senselessly murdered. Uh, Anyway, he he, he put it on my radar screen. And so I was then doing an afternoon drive radio program. Uh, the standard that would have applied if I wanted to be a litigant would have been actual malice. You know why? Because I had the opportunity and did to go on the radio that afternoon, throw open the microphone and say, hey, you may have read my name in the newspaper. Now, let me tell you how they got it wrong. And the following day, there was a retraction, wow. by the way. But I but I had the microphone, even there yeah. were no, you know, it would have been an actual malice standard. Did they catch his killer? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure. But he was murdered in front of his wife. Oh, just a, and a wonderful guy. Ugh, just a wonderful, terrible. wonderful guy. Tragic. Hey, Rick. Rick, you're in Huntington Beach, California. That's a nice thing. What did you want to say? Um, I wonder if that does that same uh, premise work with um, being able to sue Trump or DeSantis if they disparage your name or anybody else's name? The key is... Is the plaintiff a public figure or a private figure? That is that is the key. So if Donald Trump says something about Rick, I'm just going to assume for the purpose of this conversation that you don't have a public profile. You're a hardworking guy in Huntington Beach, respected by your neighbors, but you're not known outside your community. 
you would have a simple negligence standard if Trump today said, let me tell you about Rick in Huntington Beach. But if Rick, you have a radio show and you have a blog and you have X, Y and Z uh, access to the media, then then your then your uh, level of proof is going to shift. You'd have to meet a different standard. I hope I cleared thank that you. up for you. Yeah, thank you, sir. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Nick, you're in Charlotte, North Carolina. Greetings. Uh, yeah, hi. My hi. Uh, my comment would be, what's what's the, um, you know, how do we classify a public versus a private figure in the age of social media? I mean, do, do we need to establish if you have, you know, X number of followers, then you're private versus public? I mean, if, if, if that's the standard we're going on, I, I do think that, you know, maybe it needs to be revisited and kind of rehashed a little. I think you're totally right. I think you're right, because in the example that I gave you of 20 years ago, when I had the opportunity to go on radio, we were not yet in an Internet era. Like, what is a public figure today? I would I would argue that somebody who's got a lot of followers on a social media platform is absolutely a public figure and can defend themselves and therefore has to meet an actual malice standard. Right. So, I mean, it's just something that has to be you yeah. know, at least, you know, I don't know the Supreme Court, but somebody needs to establish, you know, is it 500,000 followers? Is it a million followers? Is it, you know, what, what's the what's the line? What's the I agree with you. I, I totally I totally agree with you. Thank you for that. Uh, Buffalo, New York. Nick is standing by. Hi, Nick. Hi, Michael. Good morning. Hey, um, my my thing is is that this is this is, doesn't just apply to Fox News, right? It would be also for CNN, MSNBC, and all the other networks that are out Siri- there. Sirius XM, every newspaper, every, everything. Yes, perfect. So I think that it absolutely should be because I think that we would get better facts if people had what you say keep their powder dry until they actually know. I think that um, just just. Uh, Look at Kyle Rittenhouse, right? The Kyle Rittenhouse case. How many right. times was he told, what was it said that he crossed state lines? That was the biggest thing out there to, you know, convict this guy. And when everybody saw the video, he was obviously acquitted. But isn't that a, would that be considered a defamation of character? Kyle, well, because- Kyle, Kyle Rittenhouse would have been, at the outset of that case, Kyle Rittenhouse was definitely not a public figure. He right. becomes a public so figure during at, at the, the course point, of that prosecution. So, okay, so at the point where he becomes known, you now are a public figure? Today, if I said something about Kyle Rittenhouse or you said something about Kyle Rittenhouse, he's a public figure. At what point he became a public figure? A little bit gray. He certainly wasn't when the case began. He certainly is today. Okay, it's a good, and it's, then... It's a, it's a good example. I mean, look, obviously, at a certain point in people's lives, they weren't public figures. Name any celebrity, wind the clock back. There was a time when they just didn't have uh, that oh, status. Absolutely, absolutely. And then my other quick question, if I may. Yeah, sure. You got, you got a second? Okay. Um, the the case against Trump back in 2016, where he had the both people on both sides or whatever the... Um, Good people on both good, sides. Right. You hear the clip where he says good people on both sides, but you never hear the part where he condemns white supremacy. Right. So is that clipping of that considered defamation at that point or liable or however it would be? Um, because you're not giving out 
that full fact. And therefore, you're defaming his name and causing a whole lot of people to then believe that he's racist. Okay, so, by the way, uh, omission can itself be a form of defamation. There's no doubt about it, right? If, 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 right? if that's my intent and I'm looking to hurt you by playing half your sentence and then have it taken out of context, as a practical matter in that instance, could Trump bring, he's a public figure, no one more public figure than, than Donald Trump, could he go after an outlet and say, you defamed me because you played half of it, now I need to know more about what was going on on the side of the media. Did they have knowledge of what they were doing? Were they well, being they had the reckless? Full context, then were, yes, they did. Were, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But I, but I, I mean, just to say they have the full context. I, I play audio here all the time. Um, I don't necessarily. I mean, it doesn't mean if I play half of a piece that I'm keeping the other half from you. I may have a time constraint. That's true, but but you're also not trying to defame anybody, and clearly the media had a bias against Donald Trump. I'm agreeing with you that that tape got played halfway in many outlets to hurt him. Whether it would rise to a standard of actual malice, I can't. I can't tell you. I don't know. All I know is we we talked about it extensively here. I remember doing a, a segment yeah, in particular yeah. where we aired the whole thing out and let everybody hear for themselves. I'm trying to think of who was in the Trump White House at the time. Who was my my guest who came on and and we broke it down together. Yeah, I don't know. I I hope I'm giving you something you're you're that, that if, is of, now, of go ahead. Now Final the, thought. Now if if it was if it was revisited. Would yeah. that make it easier for him to Me- sue? Meaning, yes. Meet if, the, meet the standard? If, New York, if New York Times versus Sullivan were overturned in a way that we no longer regarded public servants as having to meet an actual malice standard, then it would make it easier for him. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate you. Yeah, I hope I, hope I was helpful and, and didn't uh, confuse things more. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. XM. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Okay. North Carolina, Lillington. Hi, Frank. Greetings. What did you most want to say? I just said if there's anybody that needs to be cautious about them softening the laws for defamation, it's Donald Trump. Oh, I mean, the the way he describes people, the things he says about people, how inaccurate he can be from time to time about it. I oh, would think he's the last person that would, would want to soften the laws for libel or slander. Or I, you're making a great point. The, the The person who ought to be embracing and thanking God for an actual malice standard is is uh, is Trump because of how you know yeah. his propensity to just speak off the cuff and identify people who are and are not public servants. It's true. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, thank you. But one yeah. more thing. One more thing, if I may. Please. If I may. Please. Yes. Please. Pat, did you happen to see Pat McCrory yesterday on Meet the Press and his I did. his statement that we need we need a, we need a third party for for twenty twenty four? You might want to look I, at it. I did not. I uh, no. I, I I went to the the flower show. I I did not see. It's true. I I did not see any. I did not see any of the Sunday morning shows the way I normally do. I normally time a workout to go with the. What's so funny, TC? That's typically what I do. I watch I Stephanopoulos know. or I Martha Raddatz. I know. I watch uh, Meet the Press while working out. Yeah, while working out. <laughs> I, I multitask. Yes, you but do. yesterday, yesterday instead, we opted to go to the flower show. I, I saw the picture on Instagram. Gorg- it was lovely. It, gorgeous. Really gorgeous. G- good year. A strong so year. So many. Yes. And back inside at the convention center, instead of being outside in a COVID environment, um, I highly recommend you go to the flower show. In my case, it's Philadelphia's. Uh, just pick the time that you go because there were a lot of people there. There were a lot of people. But it got me psyched. I, it got me psyched to start getting my seeds ready. And, you, and the, you and the farmers. And and uh, and get ready to go in the ground. Fellow growers. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who are relatively new listeners, know that uh, my vegetable garden is a big deal in my life. Big deal. And I, uh, I use Instagram to chart the progress or lack thereof of what's going on. And very soon in my family room, I will be in the dirt. Getting ready. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gratadmissions.